Erotic, erotic, erotic. Hey. Erotic, erotic, erotic. Hey. Erotic, erotic, erotic. Hey. Erotic. Welcome back to another episode of Erotic Embodiment. I am your host, Katie Smiles. How you doing? What's going on? Uh, A lot of people that I've spoken to said that that cancer season put them on their ass. And, you know, if you are listening to this and you're like, hell yeah, Katie, it did for me too. I just want you to know that it did the same for me too. Um, For those who don't know, I am actually a very young astrologer. And how I got my start within just like studying astrology was that I started dating women. And for those who um, are not in a lot of same sex or non-straight spaces, I would even argue like spaces that are pretty queer in their politics. um, They tend to be more queer in my experience. And so I found myself in a lot more of those spaces and that's how I got into astrology. Um, and over time, I, you know, I, I, I took to it, you know, being a Sag rising, but also being a Cancer moon, specifically in eighth house, um, I think I have a really deep connection to what is it, what it means to be compelled. Sagittarius as an energy is always concerned with this larger truth. Um, it's so associated with ninth house where you find philosophy and a certain type of organized religion. Um, and as a sad rising, I really do feel that way. And then as a cancer moon, you know, to move for matters of the heart. Um, I said this in an interview with Janata Petrus and Renee from Embodied Astrology, um, you know, growing up in the church, I was always really, I think, aware of what it means to be moved by spirit. And to just always have this connection to just these larger systems around belief. Um, And so I started to monetize my astrology practice just with the support of some really cool Leo women. And they were just like, you know, you're already doing this. Um, You're an artist. You know, you could charge people. And you could really make a go out of it. And so I started reading charts and, you know, really monetizing this practice about almost a year ago, year and a half ago. And one of, I bring all this up because, you know, Cancer season offered me an opportunity to clarify a lot of things and I think really clarify a lot of conversations around nourishment. Um, I am a sad rising, which means cancer is my eighth house and Capricorn is my second. Um, Your rising is your one. And so... A lot of times in eighth house and second house, I'm going to speak to them kind of simultaneously because we just had a Capricorn full moon. Um, 
But yeah, a lot of times with Cancerian energy, you can really start to think about care and you can think about how are you nourished and how um, the bonds that bring you care, the bonds that don't bring you care. And specifically because it hit my eighth house, I think, and it opposed, opposed my second, I felt a lot of conversations coming up around values and my values and my values in relationships. Also thinking about the full moon that just happened in my second house, um, Capricorn energy, and specifically in second house, there's this overlap between resources. Uh, what are my resources? How do I resource myself? Um, how am I, um, I wanna say that's mutable cross, Rose Blaylock talks about Capricorn and Cancer energy, um, this, Axis of like responsibility and care. And I, you know, interpret that as, you know, who am I responsible for? Who am I caring for? Um, and who am I responsible or accountable to? And, you know, what does all that look like? And so, yeah, cancer season was really, really special. It had me really, really in my emotional body, as you saw, if you have not listened to the horoscopes. Um, I also got a chance to release two different playlists, which I felt were very different. But then I also got to really look at a conversation that I had never visited, which was protection. Um, and I got to interrogate my relationship to violence. And what does it mean as a Black person, as a Black queer person, as a Black presumed or often assumed film person? When am I protected? When am I not protected? Um, Cancerian energy often makes me think of the home. Um, when was I protected at home? When or when was I not protected at home? And and how has it been to build real resources of home um, as I've gotten older? And then you know, I'm sure many of you listening are aware that America is going through its Pluto return. And that is also transiting my second house. And so there's just been a lot of change and evolution around these conversations. And what's come up so much for me that I really, like, I really feel like I'm taking into Leo season, which would be my ninth house in my third house. Um, it's also gonna oppose my natal Saturn while it's there. And when I say it, I'm gonna, I'm talking about the sun. I'm really thinking about endings. I think that the full moon in Capricorn and the entire cancer season really showed a lot of relationships and relationship dynamics. Um, also, my like default patterns in relationships to be resourced, um, to receive care. Um, I was reading something today that talked about shadow work, and I want to let y'all know uh, I noticed this cancer season that I do little things to receive care. Uh, I'm always, I feel like there's a part of me recently, I think, with the news and some just personal life challenges I've been going through. Um, I'm really being faced with what it means to not experience care. And I'm starting to really see the ways that 
I'm willing to, you know, maybe dress more film or produce horoscopes when maybe I'm not ready. Um, you know, listening to certain people, you know, giving a lot of space to a lot of things, all in the hopes of receiving care, a care that I can't provide. I often think about, you know, being raised by so many black women. I feel like I was always taught to be independent and to get it for myself. And I think that has gotten me really far. And I also think that there are just certain parts of life that we can't do alone. And that it's good to receive care from other people. And what I noticed is that some of the things that I was doing to receive care actually weren't giving me the care that I desired. They just gave me a care that felt really good. Now, shall I keep it, shall I not? That is to my decision. But I think what I'm moving towards in this Leo season is really the desire to maintain the endings that were brought to my attention in cancer season. And so I know there's a lot of talk on social media around boundaries. And I know for me, it has been a long standing struggle with boundaries. And I think this past year, I've been really confronted with like, okay, this is how you set boundaries. And now I feel like I'm at a position where I'm thinking about this is how I maintain boundaries. I'm thinking about ninth house. I think there's space for ninth house to really create space around integrity and this like larger moral compass or moral duty. And when I think about Sagittarius, um, as a Sagittarius rising, I am often thinking about myself, my personal truth, my personal integrity. I'm also a Capricorn sun, y'all, so like they, there's definitely some overlap there. And so what does it really mean to listen when my moral compass goes off? And by goes off, I mean what do I, how do I honor the messages that I'm receiving from my internal compass. One of the things that I've noticed with astrology is, or in my use of astrology is, I'll be panicked, panicked, so panicked, so panicked. And I'll be like, okay, I'm gonna look up an astrologer and I'm gonna see what they're gonna say hoping that the pain or the heaviness or the lack of clarity or the lack of direction I feel will be salved in the least. Uh, and like, give me the answer in the most. You know what I'm saying? Like, give it to me already. Oh my God. Like, tell me what to do. And... When I think about astrology or being raised in the church, um, that's not how these systems work. 
that's not that has not been my experience with them and i see how in looking to external sources i've gotten even perhaps further away from my own truths my own like sense of knowing and super shout out to at Bay podcast because Bay just did an interview with someone who's really really big in disability justice whose name i am forgetting but they talk about how when you've received a certain type of trauma from a organized body which i did as a you know black girl in church um there's all kinds of things that happen in the church that I do not agree with. And there have been all kinds of ways that people have weaponized faith against me. Um, they talked about how when you experience that, it can make you... It, or people, when that happens to people, sometimes they can run to another belief system and adopt it really quickly. Um, and I think that's normal and that's natural, right? Because like you... You know, I think we all want a home or we all want to feel like we belong or that we're safe and organize the bodies in any kind of faith or belief system um, can do that. But as I was thinking about the episode, I also thought about that in all kinds of ways, right? Like how many times have I, you know, got out of a really tough relationship, be it with my mom or be it with a friend and somebody else pops up, a great teacher, a great friend, a great lover, a great potential partner pops up and I'm like, oh, okay, we're gonna, we're gonna go with this. We're gonna be in this relationship and it's gonna all be okay. And all of the trauma that I experienced is over now. And I can let all that go and I can move on. And that's not what has happened for me. I think trauma, lack of protection, leaves bruises. And I think it's also left me with a certain type of um, delayed skepticism, if you will. And what I loved about the Juju Bay podcast is that both Juju Bay and this person whose name is going to be in the show notes. As a matter of fact, here, hold on. Let me actually just look up their name because that feels, yes, here we go. Their name is Jade T. Perry. So what I love about what Jade and Juju Bay, well, actually, it was actually Jade that literally said, you have so much time. Take your time Take your time with these new systems. Take your time in this new relationship with this belief system. And I think that as we think about America's Pluto return, which is an ongoing conversation. And I think as we think about this new moon in Leo, wherever it lands for you, I'm thinking about how endings are necessary for birth 
and I'm also thinking about, and I've said this in a few horoscopes, that things take time. And so much of erotic embodiment, I think is giving myself the time and space to feel and live in the result of all of that. Endings and death and birth and Supreme Court being on bullshit and, you know, me paying $7 for a goddamn honeydew. That honeydew was fire, though, but I, but it was also $7. All of these things have an impact. Similarly, having a great day with a friend walking all over Brooklyn, um, having someone compliment your shoes or telling somebody that they look so beautiful today. That has an imprint too. And I realize how often, especially during these trying times, that I just want to feel good. I just, just want to feel good. And that can make me deep dive and attach to new people and new belief systems so quickly just because I want to feel good. And I don't actually want to embody the bruise that the trauma from the previous relationships have left. And so thinking about, you know, how cancer season is a water sign and it's cardinal water and cardinal energy is an initiator. And Leo is a fixed fire. I hope that that fixedness, this axis of how do I engage with people and maintain a certain individuality, which I think the Leo Aquarius axis speaks to, um, I hope that you feel courage, which is a word that's super associated, I would think, with uh, with Leo energy. I hope you feel courage to embody your endings just as much as you embody your beginnings. Um, erotic embodiment, as I define it, is, in, is a daily practice, a daily practice filled with uncertainty and you know I'm a Capricorn so there's a lot of conversations around I failed I feel dumb how could I have not known better um, as much as I'm so proud of myself um, as much as I'm so sorry that you thought that you had to make those decisions in order to receive care so much of erotic embodiment for me is giving myself the space to feel all of that and to take actions rooted in all of that and to surround myself with people that can sustain and honor and lift up all of that. 
and a part of being in this practice is understanding that it's it takes time and all of these systems speaking of like the Pluto return these government systems these systems of organized religion the system of astrology all of these systems have space for evolution why because most of these systems were not created by marginalized people and so if they are to include marginalized people they're going to have to shift and for me as someone that holds a couple of marginalized identities it takes a whole lot of courage and just like sheer you go boo energy to stand up to these systems and say hey but this can be interrupted and some days i don't have that energy and some days i do some days i have that energy and some days i just don't have the support to match that energy And I have to figure out what courage looks like without the support that I desire. It's ongoing and it takes time. I want you as you are listening to hear me when I say that I started my original podcast, We Making It, because I just wanted people to have a resource for the conversations that I was having with myself. And I believe that erotic embodiment is just a deepening of that. As I deepen my practice and shift my practice, um, you're hearing my voice more. You're also hearing you know, other conversations. You're getting erotic stories from me. Um, but I encourage you to use everything, all of my offerings as an invitation for you to be soft with yourself and look within yourself. And if you're like, oh my gosh, Katie, I don't know how to do that. My sincere hope is that the more that you listen, spirit will move through me and touch your heart. Spirit will move through you and touch your heart and things will become clearer. I do not want you to look to me for answers that I do not have. I'm gonna keep it a whole buck with y'all. I feel really astrology informed. I feel really clear that I have an understanding of astrology that is not novice, but there's so many things that I don't know. And I'm going to be honest with you. There are so many things that I actually don't desire to know. I use astrology as a tool to understand things that I wouldn't understand without it. And always when I'm thinking about astrology, I'm thinking about it as a bridge between me and other people. And I wanted to speak to my experience and speak to my healing journey um and i don't at this time feel like i need to give y'all horoscopes in order for 
me to complete that goal with astrology. So in other words, I don't feel like I need to give you horoscopes to be astrology informed. And I don't think I need to give you horoscopes to give you thoughtful conversation around certain transits. So if you want horoscopes, uh, there are so many people that have them. Um, please feel free to DM me if that's something that you're looking for. Um, cause off the top of my head, I can only think of Gala who does horoscopes on Refinery 29. Y'all know that I'm super associated with Embodied Astrology. They release horoscopes on a tier membership. You can, re they like make sure you reach out to them. There's also Chris Corsini who's on Instagram. They release horoscopes, I think around the first of the month. Um, but that's uh, pretty tarot-based. Um, I'm a huge fan of Ghosts of a Podcast, but they actually don't really do horoscopes in the same way, but I will link them in the show notes. But yeah, um, we are moving slowly into the fall, and so I have some new things that have popped up into my life that I'm super excited to share but it felt like it was important to have this conversation because my relationship to horoscope is ending at this time. I am going to shift more to conversations like this where I'm speaking to certain transits via my experience and not speaking directly to transits because that feels most helpful for me at this time. You are more than welcome to reach out to me about readings and things of that nature um as my life shifts and my schedule shifts um i will be in communication um but yeah it felt really important to announce that ending and kind of talk to y'all a little bit about my process but all that to say number one if cancer season had you on your ass is so real it is so difficult to confront the ways that you haven't received care. At least let me say, speak from the eye. It was very, very difficult for me to confront the ways that I have not received care. And I will say that it has been even more difficult to really look at and commit to behaviors that uplift this new level of care that I'm providing for myself. You know, I can hear someone in my head saying, be gentle with yourself. And I feel like conversations like these with myself, sharing them with you all, is a way of being gentle with myself. Um, yeah, just take your time, take your time, take your time. And if you don't feel like you're in a place to integrate all that was you know, received during cancer season, you have so much time. You have the new, you have the full moon in cancer during Capricorn season, but then you also have the next new moon in cancer, which will be a year from now. There's so many ways that I feel like there's pressure to be here, be ready right now. And I don't think, you know, when I think about Leo energy, um, I don't think you have to be anywhere to be witnessed and to be seen and to be heartful. And so I hope that in you taking your time and 
you giving yourself what you need you receive the support that can help you sustain that for today and all those little days will add up and before you know it you'll be like look how far i've come look at all the things that i've been able to do each day happy new moon in leo i'll talk to you soon